Well, we got something special here with the McNeely family come and bring those threats, wonderful threats. Speaking Spanish here, three wonderful babies, and we're gonna we're gonna dedicate them. They're already starting. Brother and sister McNeely with their three children. Hun, would you come and help me? Hallelujah. I shared with you a few weeks ago, and I hope they don't mind me saying this, but I shared with you a few weeks ago that a lot of people will say, you know, combined families don't work. Blended families. But I want you to know, this is a dad as ever you've seen a dad to these children and a mom. And I want you to know, that the Holy Spirit, what He puts together, no man can put asunder. Amen, my brother. And so He wants to dedicate these as theirs. And uh, God's going to honor that. We will start. Are you Tristan? That's Tristan. Okay, who are you? Oh, here. Okay, Lexi, I want to start off with the oldest, if you don't mind. You're t- oh, okay, I'm going to get to you in a minute. Okay. So you're Lexi. Beautiful family. Would you raise your hands as we dedicate these? Lexi, your name means protector. And I anoint you with the Spirit of the Lord, the Most High God, upon you, child. You are special. You are a protector. You are sensitive to the needs of others. Isn't she, Mom? And I dedicate her and I thank you for an increased anointing even and wisdom beyond her age to but walk in that greater anointing. And even at a young age, have that mother's heart, oh my, to impart love and healing into others. I thank you that you have brought her through and bringing her through a healing process and that she is totally whole of all hurts and wounds and she is healed to heal others and I praise you for it in Jesus name hallelujah okay Jasmine your name means fragrant flower and you're something else aren't you Lord, I praise you for the perfume of your spirit that this shall be a worshiper that is not ashamed to glorify you. I praise you for boldness and courage. I praise you that she has a prophetic glaze already to stare and not be intimidated. I praise you for that courage and that boldness. I thank you, Lord God, there shall be a special man that will come into her life to appreciate and enhance and encourage the strength within this child. Jasmine is strong as the flower. She renews health and vitality. And I praise you that she shall worship before you and bless your holy name. We dedicate her, spirit, soul, mind, and body, to the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Say amen. amen. Say amen, Jasmine. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. Tristan. Mighty Tristan. Laborer. Father, I praise you for our preacher. He's already dressed like one. He's dressed better than me. I thank you for a servant of the Most High God. I see a servant's heart. I see a servant's heart that, Lord, he shall be great in the kingdom of God because he will be the servant of all. 
that he would be willing to do the smallest or the biggest job for your glory. His mom and dad shall see how he is willing to help. And I thank you for strength, encouragement, and humility to walk. And I just praise you for the blessings of God upon him. And bless him and give him hands to labor. We dedicate Tristan, spirit, soul, mind, and body to the glory of Jesus Christ. And Father, I bless this wonderful mom. Thank you for bringing them here. Thank you for, Lord, allowing us to be part of their lives and them to be part of ours. Thank you for strength and renewal. Thank you that the desires of the heart are coming to pass. Thank you that only the beginning have you been seen. You've not seen the door open. You've seen a crack in the door. And what you've seen is just a small light coming through compared to the brightness of the open door. Thank you, Father. You are the door that opens all things and desires to her. I bless this dad. I praise you for his heart to love, to cover, to protect these children. And I thank you for an anointing to be a husband and a priest to his wife. Lord, bless him. Thank you for his heart. Thank you for his compassion, his love. Thank you, Father, for the sensitivity to look beyond the natural and reach into the depths of their lives. I bless him as the head and the priest of this home in the name of Jesus Christ before our Father and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen Amen. and amen. God bless you, my brother. Bless you, Blue. Bless you. Bless you, sis. My honor. Heather. God bless you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's give them a hand. Hallelujah. Let's give them another hand. Praise the name of Jesus. I was good. I'm anointing myself with what's left over. Hallelujah. Oh, God is good. Hallelujah. God bless you, church. God bless you, saints. Oh, hallelujah. To better dedicate children unto the Lord that the devil has lost and will never regain. Glory to God. Mm. He is a transformer. He is a rescuer. He knows where you are. He knows how to get into the very depths. And he is not afraid to get down into what you're in and help bring you out. If you have your Bibles, I want to share with you Romans chapter 3. I've been teaching on Romans on Wednesday night. And boy, we had a hold down this last Wednesday. And so I just want to share a portion with you of people getting the tape. By the time I got home, I already had an email at home by the time I got home Wednesday night saying that they got something in their living room. They got freedom and delivered by just watching over the internet. And, and, and it was just something. And people here, new people were visiting. They wanted the CD. And, and I told them, man, it's on the internet. Go get the CD, but it's in the archives, the video. Man, you can watch it by video. You can watch it by CD. You can have it on your iPod, your MP3 player. And you can get the old reel to reel. And I don't know what you would do with it, but you could get one. <laughs> Romans chapter 3. For three chapters, Paul, I even had somebody tell me during this session, it was a few weeks, they said, you mean we can lose our salvation? Because Paul brought everything out about the old man and, and sin and hell and the law and hopelessness. And for three chapters, Paul just brought us to a point to where it was like, man, is there any hope? But then we've got to this verse here in verse 21. It says, but now. Somebody shout out, but now. It says, but now. The righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all 
to all and on all. The righteousness of God, the covering of God is for each and every one. To all means it's in you. And for on all means it's on you. So you've received the righteousness of God in you and upon you. And the thing that was so awesome about this word but now, Paul is saying, I'm bringing you to the point, God, Holy Spirit is bringing you to, your, to a point of a new era and a new beginning in your life. He's lowering and melting the mountains and the valleys that have kept you into a hard, difficult place. He's reached out and brought you to a place to bring you out. And that word but all means a cataclysmic breakthrough. It's what happened when Jesus was upon the cross. And he was hanging there upon the cross and he cried out, it is finished. It was a cataclysmo. It was a cataclysmic breaking that at the foot of the cross, the ground started shaking, the rock started breaking, the blood hit the ground and it just started breaking, the veil in the temple broke and what was keeping the uh, rip from the top to the bottom, what was keeping the glory of God behind the veil, the presence, the glory of God was able to come out to all and in all so that we can become the sons and the daughters of God. I use the example that as I was reading this, I could see, as you see in movies, two subway cars coming, going 80, 90, 100, 120 miles an hour and the the only thing that will protect them from crashing into each other is somebody's got to get to that stick, switch the tracks right before that train gets there or there would be a collision. And we were on our way to hell and nothing could help us. The law was nothing, according to Paul, a chaperone to bring us from the past, from the fall of Adam, all the way to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and then place us into the crucified hands of our master. The law was nothing but a chaperone to take us from the old way into the new way. But nothing could make us perfect until the day that Jesus cried out it was finished and the blood of Jesus paid the total sacrifice and pleased the Father for all of our sins and wrongs. The ground shook. It broke. It was such a move of God that... 10 or 20,000 people rose from the dead in the graveyard of Jerusalem and went about talking about Jesus Christ is Lord. It was such a move of God that they rose from the dead. People were running through the graveyards. People were running naked here and there. Even you can read about when they arrested Jesus. Somebody was running naked through the graveyard through Gethsemane. Why? Because there was something powerful that hit that place, broke the chains, broke what Adam failed in doing, and the second Adam was able to buy back and give us and clothe us and be in us as the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. It was something so powerful that happened. And when you and I call out to the name of Jesus, the cross was the stick that separated the tracks that we were going 90 and nothing to hell and death and destruction and eternity. And that track shifted and we got on the glory road. That leads us straight to the throne room of God where we have an anchor for our soul. Amen. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 in the Living Bible says, But now, old things are passed away. There was such a shaking that there's nothing left to your old life that even resembles life. Now, if you want to go rebuild it, you can but it'll never be as satisfying and it'll never hold its place in your life like the new life once you've tasted of it and you've seen. I want to share with you today that no matter where you've been, who you are and what you're going through, when you accepted Jesus, that same power that didn't only raised Christ from the dead, but even rose the dead and shook Jerusalem that day, shakes your home, can shake your marriage, can shake your children, can shake the addiction, 
can shake whatever drive may be driving you crazy and call you now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And to give you a confidence which means complexes, rejections, insecurities, whatever it may be, has been busted into pieces by the glory of the power of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's good news. That's what makes the angels scratch their head and that's what makes devils shriek. They don't understand it, but we got it. Let's give the Lord praise for it. Amen. We've got it. Hallelujah. We want to, the ushers come forward. We're going to receive this morning's offerings and tithe. You've got your envelopes in front of you that you can write if you're desiring for Haiti. Also, we'll be coming real soon. We're going to be announcing the, the awesome missionary trip to New Mexico. Hallelujah. Is, 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 is our sister here? Lejeune? She, huh? There's our sweetheart. Boy, I tell you, we're, we're planning a trip to go and bless those precious people. And it's an honor to have you, Saint of God. What a precious saint of God. It's an honor to have each and every one of you. Good to see you, friends. Mike, hey, y'all, good to see y'all today. Each and every one. The Lord bless you. We thank God for you. We're going to have a good time today. Is it okay to cut up in church? Can I be bad all by myself? Can we be bad together? Amen. It's great to have Jake's mom and dad, sister Sandy, and brother Dardar with us today. They'll be ministering tonight. And you need to come because he is a character that brings a good word. So we encourage you to come back tonight. We love you and God bless you as you give. God, we know no matter what we go through, Lord, you're always there through the good times, the bad times, the trials. We we know, God, that this life is temporal and it's all going to be worth it.
Let's give them all a big hand. Wow. Some heroes. Glory to God. Of course, the Everett's, I know they didn't, we didn't get to have it changed, but uh, they let me know it's 49 going on 50 real soon. So it's going to be 50. It'll be 50 in November. So we want to make that straight. They want to make sure, you know, it's going to be 50 in November. Don't you forget it. So we're glad to get that on record, okay? Jake, we got to change that. How many of you saw some new faces? Amen. Praise God. Thank God nobody got a divorce since last week. So we're doing our job. And listen, if, you, if, you, if your photo's not up there, please send it, and we'd like to maybe make another DVD. We want to show it again next week when the Williams are back. It's good to have Brother Buddy, Sister Barbara back with us. Thank God. We love you. How long y'all been married? 38 years. Praise God. We're proud of you. Beautiful couple. She's been through quite a fight. She's come through, and here she is, as pretty as always. So we thank God for her. Well, how many of you know what Desperate Households is all about? I know there's a lot of people who stuck on Desperate Housewives, but how many of you know there's some Desperate Housemen, too? So we just call it Desperate Households, but how many know that God wants to heal Desperate Households? And what he wants to do is he wants to become, you to become desperate for a healing in your home and a healing in your marriage. Amen. God is the master creator of romance, and he wants to bless you and heal you. And so I want to share this first scripture with you. This is so important. Husbands, likewise dwell with them with understanding, 
That word dwell with them means in the Greek, make a home. That's why we don't live together. Make a home. And you know the name in Hebrew for the word rib means the center beam. It's the center support that holds the home up. And God created woman out of the center beam, which means man is the center beam. That's why Proverbs says that a woman can destroy it. And I pictured a woman like Samson getting between the two pillars that held the temple up. And she can destroy it. But how many know a man can destroy it himself? And God wants us to, it says here, to dwell, to make a home with them with understanding. And that word we're going to really point out. Understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weakest vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. Now, this is powerful. I want you to see the importance. And a lot of people don't really put the importance. We don't put the importance on relationships like we should. And when I looked this up in the Greek, it gave a, a, a tremendous definition of the word not to be hindered. And it's the word, your prayers will be thrown out of heaven. That's how strong it is. And I started thinking, and many, how many of you ever played basketball was on a basketball team? When we were on a basketball team, you remember we used to have to get two lines and learn to throw the ball, not grab it, but when it comes to us, be able to throw it right back to the next person and not hold it. You don't hold it. You get rid of it. And I pictured, when I saw a throw back, I pictured we send our prayers to God and He throws it back at us. I said, in the name of Jesus, and He throws it back at us. There's an anointing on this prayer. And he throws it back at us. And he says, not until you stand right with the wife that I gave you, or with the husband that I gave you, until you fix your relationship, I'm going to keep throwing your prayer back to me, to you. That's what that word says, that your prayers be not hindered. I'll keep throwing it right back to you. You can pray, you can fast. And even Jesus, I'll give you my version of it right quick. Jesus gave this story in the Bible. He says... You come to the altar and you can act as spiritual as you want to. You can be here at the altar raising your hands, dancing. You can be prophesying. You can be praying for the sick. And when you come to give your tithe, just hold up just a minute. Leave your money. Stop acting spiritual. And go and get your relationship right with the person you have ought against. Because you can act as spiritual as you want to. But if you've got a problem in your relationship, you're not spiritual to me. You're lukewarm and you're carnal. That's how important relationships are to God. He said, leave your money because he knows you. If you take your money, you go get it right. You ain't going to bring the money back. He says, leave your money because I'll take you back. But I'll take you back when you get your relationship right. And when you get in communion, you get in relationship with your wife, your prayers get answered. And this is what this scripture is saying. Get your relationship right. That's how important it is to him. Now, this word understanding, it means to know experimentally. And I want you to write these things down because we're going to get into some studies here in the Word of God today that I believe is going to bring your marriage, both for the man and the woman. I'm going to, singles don't get bored. I know singles are saying, I don't even want to come because he's preaching on marriage. But listen, if you learn now, you'll get it right next time. Learn something. Let's learn where we messed up, if you messed up before, and let's get it right. But it says, live with them according to understanding. Now listen to this. It means to know experimentally. How many of you men love experimenting with your wife? One. 
I'm not sure if he's too happy about it. I tried that and it blew up in my face, buddy. They called NCIS because they had to find out who I was after that experiment. Experiment. It means to have exact knowledge which is expressed through participation. To get it, listen, married couples, singles, to live with them understanding means to experiment and get an in-depth knowledge and understanding willfully. Y'all turn your cell phones off. We're on the internet. Somebody, people have been playing with their cell phones. This is church. This is the house of God. Turn that off. So anyway, it goes on to say, live with them with understanding. It means exact knowledge which is expressed through participation. In other words, you're going to have to sit down and you're going to have to, men, you're going to have to participate in the conversation. You're going to have to get an understanding of your mate to be able to minister to them and reach out to them. Listen, listen to this. Look at this. I'll give you another scripture. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 14. It says, fathers can give their sons an inheritance of houses and wealth, but only... The Lord can give a what? An understanding wife. Understanding. Men, live with your wives with understanding. Women, live with your husbands with understanding. We're going to see the depth of this today. You know, we go to school for everything to get understanding, to be whatever our profession is, so that we can make a life out of it. And, but how about, how about marriage? How much do we study it? How much do we... Go into counseling and get some preparation before we do a long life commitment. You know, it is so easy. I married a couple yesterday, and I know they, they did so wonderful, and they're here today, and it was a great wedding. But I'm, you know, it is so easy to say the vows. It's another thing to do them for 51, 50, 51 years. And you have to grow into an understanding. And I know some people say, I know my woman. I know my man. Been married to the same man all this time. I know him real well. Let me tell you. People change in seasons. They sung about it today, winter and spring. My favorite verse has changed since we've been married 27 years. Some of our food has changed. My favorite color has changed. I mean, there's a lot of things that change over time because you go through seasons. And I want to keep her up to date in the new technology that I have within me. She's still not going to have Windows 82. She needs Windows 2010. Amen. And so I want her to grow in understanding, and I want to better grow with understanding for her. So it says here, to give an understanding wife. If you want to pray for your children, pray, God, give my boys a wife with understanding. Give my daughters husbands who want to understand them, experiment and grow in the knowledge of them. The word understanding then means to pay attention and put your mind to it. Not halfway listening, but really listening. Listen. Write this down. If you value your relationship, you need a value understanding. You have to value understanding. Why? Because God said it in His Word. He says to have understanding. Now listen. Learn to make... This is part of the word of understanding. Learning to love your mate. Listen to this now. How they desire to be loved and not so much how you desire to love them. You need to write that down. That's a good point. That'll make you some pointers. Learn to love your mate as they desire to be loved and not so much as you desire to love them. What is their spot? What does it for them? What makes them feel complete? What makes them feel loved? What makes them feel accepted? Love them the way they desire to love them. Don't just love them like you saw in a movie. Because your wife or your husband may not want to be loved like those person was loved in that chick flick. 
They probably want to make their own movie with you. They want to make their own life with you. They're not trying to get you to intimidate, act like someone else or be an actor. They want it from the heart. And so you've got to learn how to love as they do. That's why love languages is so important, that book, The Love Languages, because you learn what each one wants. Now, let me share this with you. You may be saying, well, you know, I, I've tried to get to know her and I've got to, you know, it's just taking too long and she's too delicate and she's too complicated. He's too complicated. He's too weird. He's not this. He's not that. But let me share something with you. Like I shared at the wedding yesterday when they were making their vows. How many of you know Paul says that I may know Christ? Now, how many of you know he had an understanding and he studied and he had a revelation of who Jesus was? Doesn't the Bible say that the mystery of the body in Christ is like the mystery of the marriage here on earth? The closest thing to the revelation of the mystery of heaven is established in the marriage here on earth. And if Paul had the attitude that I may know Christ, I want to encourage you today for us to have the marriage that God intended us to have. We've got to have the passion Paul had to know Christ. We've got to, know, we've got to say, I desire to know my mate. That I may know. How many of you know? It don't matter. I've been saved since 1969 and I'm still getting to know my Jesus. There's still things I'm learning. How many of you know I've been married 27 years and there's still things I'm learning? Don't ever get lukewarm in your marriage to where you're not interested in studying and learning what makes them happy. Experimenting into their life. Getting to know them. Fulfilling them. Also, as Paul was talking, focus on your mate like he focused on the Lord. That's what enhances the marriage. Amen. It's the fastest way. Write this down. It's the fastest way to heal them. And you go to them. You go, listen. You say, I don't know what to tell. If I get with my husband right now, I wouldn't know what to say. Okay, write this down. Teach me how to love you like you want to be loved. Teach me. Share with me how you want me to talk to you. Teach me how you want me to live with you. How you want me to have, how do you want our relationship? How do you want me to be? Teach them. Share. Understanding. If you never share, they'll never know. Let me give you an example. When us buddies get together, us guys get together, you know, we cut up. We do things. We, we make fun of each other. How I many you know guys can really make fun of each other and we don't get offended? But you got a wife who wants to be part of your life and she sees you get around the buddies and you're having such a good time, she starts thinking, why don't you have a good time with me like that? So you know what she does? She goes up to you and your buddies and she goes, yeah, you ought to see them eat. And their laughing kind of goes down a little bit. You ought to see this guy. And she starts making fun of you. Because since the buddies are making fun of you, she thinks that's what you want. But you get in that truck, and how many know you're quiet? And she goes, what's wrong with you? I'm on your buddies. He may not tell you, but the truth is, he didn't marry you to be a buddy. You teasing him is different than the buds teasing him. My homeboys can tell me a lot of things, and it won't bother me. But if my wife tries to tease me the way they tease me, it'll hurt. Why? She's not my buddy. She's my love. She's my soul. And so there's ways we've got to learn to communicate. Teach me how to love you. Teach me how to compliment you. Teach me how to speak to you. What do, just tell them, what does it for you? Write this down. Study them. For example, who is a hero to you? 
What does it for you? And like for a while back, a while back we watched that new movie, Julie, Julie and Julia, about Julia Stiles, was it? Yeah, Ju- yeah, that one, Julia Childs. I sat there, guys, I need a ribbon. I sat there and watched that whole movie with her. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I watched that movie with her, and it brought back childhood memories more than the recipes did any good. And she started talking. Oh, I remember that on TV. My mom used to watch that and brought all those memories back. And so I'm studying her. I go, okay, she likes that. So you know what? I'm going to go to Barnes and Noble Books a Million, and I'm going to get her a cookbook with um, Julia Childs for Christmas. Do you know her first Christmas present she just got? She showed me something in a magazine back in September while we were sitting down drinking tea in the afternoon. We drink tea every afternoon together when we get home. And she showed me this picture of this, of this uh, bracelet back in September. And I made a middle note. I said, okay, well, that's what she likes. I had a special order and all that other stuff. I got it and I hid it. And she got it for Christmas. I listen. I hear men say all the time, I don't know what to get my wife because you ain't studying her. A lot of men say, I don't know, a lot of women, I don't know what to get from my wife. You're not studying him. There's clues and their heart being shared all the time. But we're not living with them in an understanding way. We're just existing and letting the pieces fall where they fall and the pieces break into bigger and bigger chunks. Understanding. Amen? What's the saddest, what's the biggest crisis you've ever been through? Let me study you. When I met my wife, her dad had just died a few months before. Tragic accident. She was 13 years old and she lost her dad. I was at the gym two, three weeks ago and I saw this music video. It was by Nickelback and it's a a song about this, this girl. It shows her learning to ride the bicycle. It shows her going out on a date. It shows her graduating. It shows her getting married and her dad's there. But in the middle of the video, it switches and it shows... Her dad died like when she was four years old and she saw her dad there, but her dad really wasn't there. And there I am in the gym around all these guys working out and I start crying because I start seeing the hurt in that little girl's eyes. And my wife, when we got in the car to leave for our honeymoon, she was hurt. And I was saying, baby, you ought to be happy. What's wrong? She says, my dream, my dad was not there to walk me down the aisle. You know, I was 18, I was 16 when we started, 15 when we started dating. And I didn't really know how to heal her. I didn't know how to, when she started crying on our dates and all that, I didn't know what to do with her. But as I got older, and even up to here lately, I started seeing things, and I wanted to identify with her pain, and I did. And I came home, and I waited two weeks. I, I, want, I told the Holy Spirit, help me find the right moment to show her this video. And it took two weeks, and I felt it was the right time. I said, honey, I want to show you this video. I said, it's going to be hard, but I want to show it to you. I showed her the video, and she started talking for over two hours about the pain and the stuff. And I followed her around as she was talking about the different things. After all these years, she started sharing about the pain of losing her dad. Now, if we're going to heal them, and we're going to cover them, and we're going to protect them, and we're going to provide for them, sometimes we're going to have to get in their pain. And ladies, it's the same thing with the men. 
You want him to be a certain way, but he had such a childhood and he was beaten and mistreated in such a way that you're, not wor- you're so worried about yourself, you're not studying him how to help him. And we all get into those places, but if we're going to build an established home instead of a desperate household, have a glory household, we're going to have to learn to get into some areas. So since we've got to study, I thought we'll study a man who had 700 wives. But what you're going to find out, he had 700 thorns and one lily of the valley. You're going to see it. It's in the Bible. He had 700 wives, but they were thorns because there was only one lily. Amen? Any lilies here? What's the, you could ask them, you know, find out what's their favorite food. Ask them all these questions. But let me show you this. In, in, in Song of Solomon, it says, This is Solomon's Song of Songs, more wonderful than any other. Now, watch this, verse 2. Kiss me and kiss me again. Hi, Chihuahua. <laughs> kiss me and kiss me again, for your love is sweeter than wine. Listen, I'm going to read to you another translation. You know, verse 2, this is going to be awesome. Y'all get prepared. Don't get in a hurry, because let me tell you something. This is the second verse, and it's already talking about sex and alcohol. <laughs> All we need is a dog and a truck, and we got us. The badonkadonk, badonkadonk. That's what we got right there. Man, Solomon was a Trace Atkins of his time. Huh? The badonkabonk. Man, alcohol and sex right there in verse 2. Somebody's clapping. Hallelujah! Oh, man, I could get excited about that. Kiss me and kiss me again. Verse 3, how fragrant your cologne. How many guys know you can't stink? Your name is like it's spreading fragrance. No wonder all the women love you. Now, let me share this with you about the message translation. It says, best of all songs, it says, verse 2 and 3, kiss me full on the mouth. You ought to be taking notes. None of that pecking on the cheek. Ah, oh, man, give it to me on my mouth. Kiss me full on the mouth. Hey, it's in the Bible, so don't look at me that way. There it is. Look, what he, look I love this. Look, he says, kiss me full on the mouth. Yes! It's got an exclamation mark. You saw that? At least I know that much grammar. Yes! Full on the mouth. For your love is better than wine. You get me higher than any other that could addict me. I'm addicted to you. And you know, I know a lot of you are thinking, you know, I was taught Song of Solomon, and the two breasts represent the Old Testament and the New Testament. And it's a theological book about the church of baloney. Breast today is breast. It's not the Old and New Testament, it's breast. And I know you're freaking out, but hey, it's in the Bible. And you need a message like this. Your love is better than wine, headier than your aromic, uh, aromatic Kormasuda oils. The syllables of your name murmur like a meadow brook. No wonder everyone loves to say your name. Hi, Chihuahua. I need some water. Huh? Full on the mouth. Now let me share something with you. We could get a lot of things here, but let me give you a certain point for all the people who are serious like this should go on in church. Okay, listen. Say your name. Say, you can say it, you can say it. Say, your name. Your name. That is what's important that you've got to have some understanding here. The name represents the man's integrity, 
It represents his character. It's not the outward appearance. It's the heart you've fallen in love with. Your name is who you are. I love the way, like I said, Brother David says Nita and the way Nita says David. It's more than the outward. It's more than what you can give me. Your name represents my heart. Your name means honor, respect, integrity. The most attractive people, remember the saints, the most attractive people are the people who walk with God. I shared with you last week, if you're dating somebody who doesn't know how to honor God, they won't honor you after you're married. The most attractive people are those who walk with God, and those are the ones you want to make vows with. You want to say, I want to love you, cherish you, and to death do us part, because you walk with God. And because you walk with God, I know I'm going to have the type of husband and wife I need to have. You're going to be the virtuous woman that I don't have to worry about because I know you're going to be faithful because I know you walk with God. So many people wonder, what happened? Why, did I, why do I have a marriage like I did? Well, you got her from Bolton Avenue. You're going to GG's. You ought to be in church. If they walk with God, you're going to have a good marriage. Amen. This is what it says in the King James. This is what it says in the King James. The maidens go on and on about you. You know what that means? Don't just settle for anyone. Oh, I knew that guy. Oh, Lord. Oh, I knew that girl. Oh, Lord. Don't, that, the maidens go on and on about you. Don't settle for just anyone. You know, we got a couple here in church. The dad was telling me the story the other day. I've heard it from them before. And uh, she was engaged, they had the cake, they had the wedding all done, and right at the last minute, he backs out. And I admire the father. The father sent him half the bill. I would have sent all the bill and killed him. <laughs> but he sent half the bill, and the guy paid the other, he was a good old guy, he paid half the bill. But I don't even know the depth of the pain this sister went through. But you know what? God sent her the best after what seemed to be the worst of all times. And they're still together now. They're in the ministry. They're here in this church. Don't just settle for the first thing. Don't just settle for someone who says, oh, I love the Lord because they're liable to to, uh, just be saying that to get you. Just wait for the best. Amen? Wait for them. And uh, let me... And, and, and look for what it, tell them what it is that you like about them, what attracted you. You know, when I met my wife, you know what it got me about my wife? Now, she was 34, 24, 34. But that's not really what got me. It was her innocence. It was her innocence. And you know what I liked about my wife is that when I would go to her house or go to school to pick her up, she'd come out like they were singing about that gazelle leaping. You know, that's in the Song of Solomon. She'd come leaping. Oh, my Russ. Oh, my Russ. You've seen me under the tree there, Vilplat High, under the oak tree. She always liked me to lean like this. So I'd be leaning on that oak tree. I'd be leaning on that oak tree. Like I said, And she'd see me and she'd go, Oh, my Russ. Oh, my Russ. Oh, my Russ. And I'm there, Yeah, baby. You know, yeah, that cool. And beyond all the outward appearance, what got me was her innocence. It shone in her eyes. And what she liked about me was my niceness. She liked my looks. She went crazy over that, but it it was the niceness that she looked. 
And I want you to see here. Let me show you something. This is important. Look what it says here. It uses the word dark five times. And watch what's going to happen here. It uses the word dark five times. Verse 5 and 6. I am dark but beautiful, O woman of Jerusalem. Dark as the tents of Kedar. Dark as the curtains of Solomon's tents. Don't stare at me because I am dark. The sun has darkened my skin. My brothers were angry with me. They forced me. They forced me to care for the vineyards so I couldn't care for myself. My own vineyard. Abused emotions. Men and women. It doesn't matter how beautiful a woman may be, she's going to have some insecurities. I I wouldn't think my wife would have any insecurities. But I met this awesome, beautiful girl, and she thought she was ugly. Now, how can that call ugly? But there was insecurities, and I would joke and laugh about it for even after we were married, and that couldn't be. But the truth was, even though she was beautiful and other people could tell her beautiful, she didn't really could believe she was beautiful until I was able and the Lord was able to bring her to the point where she believed it and accepted it. And areas she still fights it. There's areas in a man's life. We can act like a man's man. We got three bows and arrows and we got guns and everything else and a truck with the biggest tires you've ever seen. But it just shows there's insecurities. A real man can ride a moped and <laughs> we all fight insecurities. And she starts look, she starts opening her heart. I'm insecure about my looks. But you got to study her. It says, even the most beautiful women feel insecurities and need healing. Listen, write this down. You've got to love them through it. The insecurities and the hurts. Look what she said. My brothers. There you go. The trauma. The rejection. My brothers, they made me. My mama made me. My daddy made me. Do you see that this is one of the most beautiful? This is the most beautiful woman in the time of Solomon. But she's abused and hurt inside. She's got it all going outside. But Solomon's the type of man that he's got wisdom. He goes, I'm not going to marry you and take you as my queen just for the outward appearance. I'm going to get to the inner part. And he created an atmosphere to where she was able to say five times, but look, I'm dark. Look, I've got, I don't want you to look at me without makeup. I've got freckles. I don't want you to look at that. I bet you know my butt's too big. I don't want you to look. I've got this problem and I've got that problem. And it's amazing that when you start getting close and you start working on your marriage, you start working on your relationship, they start making all these comments and we're bad about saying, yeah, you need to work on that. Yeah, you need to apply a little bit of this. You're going to need to apply a lot of that. And what do we do? We're driving in what their brothers did to them. We're driving in what their mother and their father did to them. I'm preaching good today. I'm saying a lot of stuff that y'all are going to get me on later. The emails, I can hear them already. But I'm preaching some needed stuff. I want it to get down where it really is. Because listen, the church is only going to be as strong as the way that marriages are. And we can act spiritual in church, but God says your prayers are being hindered because of the way you treat your wife. You live with her with understanding. Amen? Get it, it, you, you study her. My brothers hurt me. Love her through it. I've been compared to. Love her through it. Redefine beauty. Show you love her and let the real her emerge. 
The reason love grows is because you get to know a part of that person you're married to that you didn't know when you first got married to them because that part of them didn't feel safe to come out and play. That part of them didn't feel safe to come out and love. And so you love them through it. I want you to show you this next verse. Verse 7. Tell me. Interest. Tell me. They're interested in that person. Tell me of whom I love. Where they're interested in that person's life. Where you feed your flock. Where you make it rest at noon. For why should I be as one who veils herself by the flocks of your companions? This is interesting. The word veiling yourself is the word the Living Bible even says. Why should I be as a prostitute among you and among your friends? In other words, I am not going to go below my standards. You're going to love me and you're going to respect me for who I am. I'm not going to be turned into someone else. If you love me, you're going to love me for me. I am who I am. Don't try to veil me into being somebody else. I'm not a prostitute. Don't treat me like one. I'm not just any woman. I'm just not any man. I'm going to be it And you're going to act like it or I'm not going to be nothing to you. Don't ever go below your standards. My wife always told me, because growing up, you know, John Wayne and all that, they always used the word woman. And I always heard Dean Martin sing woman. And I grew up hearing woman all my life. So I tried saying woman to her and that was a (laughs) no-no. I said, come on, woman. She says, don't call me woman. (laughs) She says, I'm a lady. And you will call me a lady, but you will not call me a woman. Look at all the women clapping. Look at all the ladies clapping. Look at all the ladies clapping. You see, I can't even sing Marty Robbins, my woman, my woman and wife. I had to start singing my lady, my lady, my wife. I had to change all the words. And she is a lady. And you know what? When I changed and heard and studied what she wanted... She's not a woman. She's a lady. And I started treating her more like a lady. Loving her more like a lady. Listening to her more like a lady. And the more I did, the more she became a lady. And then I'm going to show you in a few minutes, just if in these same scriptures, that by doing this, I'm going to show you what benefits are going to come to you by doing that. But you will talk, you will not talk me out of what I believe. Now watch this. It says, here in verse 8, If you don't know... Oh, most beautiful woman, follow the trail of my flock. He is praising her. Now, look at this. This is interesting here. You are as exciting, my darling, as a horse. (laughs) Now, here's this woman who's opened up about all her insecurities. And she says, my brother's abused me. My daddy did this. I'm dark. I don't feel good. I, I got all these traumas. I got all these problems. And Solomon says, oh, you're exciting as a horse. But what you got to understand that that was the compliment back in the 1700 B.C. Saying you're a horse was good because Pharaoh had the... His horses stood out the most. Even King Solomon with everything he had, he says, I may have everything, but I don't have horses that look like that. And he was saying, you know what? I got a woman that I cannot compare to any other woman, nor will I, because she stands out like nobody else. That's my woman. That's my lady. That's my wife. You know, in the 70s, it was the word foxy. They used to wear T-shirts, future fox. Y'all remember that? And in the 80s, it was, she's a brick. 
house. And then the 90s, it was, man, she's fine. And 2000s, I understand by my boys, she's a hottie. She's odd. That's what mare meant. You're as exciting as a fox, brick house, hottie. That's what he was saying. Huh? That's what he was saying. He was like that old song, baby, 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 you're the best. That's what he was saying. You excite me because you're the best. I love you. I love your freckles. I love your dark skin. I love everything about you. You're beautiful to me. You're beyond description. Amen? God, God, girls want to feel special and so do guys. So we can't, we can't compare them. We've got to pull their potential out. Amen? But when he says you're like a mare, listen to me. Guys, girls too. When you walk in a room, you don't want people staring at you. You want to, people staring at your mate. You don't want to walk in a room and say, I want all the attention. Look at me. You want to walk in a room and say, look, at, I have this horse. That's so beautiful. This stallion, this Arabian stallion. She's not a Shetland. No, she's not a Shetland. She's an Arabian stallion. I have this fox. And you know, I, it made me think of that song by Eric Clapton. It goes, we go to a party and everyone turns to see this beautiful lady. That's walking around with me. And then she asked me, do I feel all right? And I say, oh yeah, I feel wonderful tonight. I feel wonderful because I see the love light in your eyes. Remember that word, Solomon uses it. And the wonder of it all is that you just don't realize how much I love you. You stand out. I'm proud that you're my wife. When was the last time you told her that? I am proud that you're my husband. You're my man. I'm proud that you're my guy. I wouldn't want anybody on TV. I wouldn't want anybody in the magazines. I wouldn't want anybody in church. I wouldn't want anybody in town. I wouldn't want anybody on earth. I want you. You're my man. I'm proud to be on the end of your arm. I'm proud to be your wife. Look, they're going to, they're going to make out right there. Praise God. <laughs> Listen, and he goes on. He goes on. How lovely are your cheeks. Your earrings set them afar. How lovely is your neck. Oh yeah. Enhanced by a string of jewels. We will make, we will make for you earrings of gold and beads of silver. You're so beautiful. You enhance anything. You look good. I love you. You're beautiful. And then she goes on to say, the king is lying on his couch, enchanted by the fragrance of my perfume. My lover is like a sh- sh- sachet of myrrh lying between my breasts. I don't know what a sh- sachet of myrrh is, but I'd lie there. I couldn't even find that in Hebrew, so I made my own definition. Look at this. Let me get to the end here so my wife can fuss me on the way home. (laughs) Verse 15. Look at this now. How beautiful you are, my darling. How beautiful. Look at this now. Your eyes. Your eyes. 
Guys, I want to tell you something. You want to win a woman over? Don't be looking down at her breast. Don't be looking down at her body. Look at her in the eyes. I'm telling you, and I'm going to give you some example here. The eyes are the windows of the soul. No matter how the outward changes, doesn't matter the storms that come around, there's something about the eyes. And Brian Adams, I know you know this song. You say, why are you using so, much, so many worldly singers? It's because the Christian singers don't sing this way. And there's a part of your soul that needs the romance. Okay? Okay. Brian Adams says it this way. Look into my eyes and you will see what you mean to me. Search my heart and search my soul. And when you find me there, you'll search no more. Don't tell me it's not worth trying for. You can't tell me it's not worth dying for. I don't know about dying. You know it's true. Everything I do, I'll do it for you. Look into my eyes. Look in her eyes. Let her see your eyes. Study her. If you're dating, are they looking at you and you can see... They love me. I love to marry couples that you can see when they look at each other. Man, they got it. But it scares me when I've got to tell them, don't look at me, don't look around, look at each other. Don't tell your vows to me. I'm not marrying you. Tell your vows to each other. And they have trouble looking at each other. And I start saying, oh my God. Nobody had to tell me. we got pictures to prove it. Nobody had to tell me. I didn't want to look at my daddy who was marrying me. I wanted to look at Cindy. Look into her eyes. And then how many of you know Train? He's more modern for you younger guys. Train says it this way. Her eyes, that's where hope lies. That's where blue skies meet the sunrise. Her eyes is where I go when I want to go home. You had a rough day? I want to go home. I want to look into the eyes of my wife and get healed and built up. You had a rough day. You want to go home to the eyes of your husband and see he cares for me. Other people might have treated me bad today, but I could see in his eyes that he cares and he's here to comfort me and he's here to help me. Look at the eyes and let it minister and heal her. You know why? Because look what happens. When you've spent time and you've healed her, you've ministered to her, listen how she starts responding, verse 16 and 17. You are so handsome, my love. Pleasing beyond words. You hear the same lady who's talking about how I'm dark, I'm this, I'm that and the other. My brothers traumatized me. My parents did this. I couldn't even take care of myself. Do you hear what he was able to get out of her by ministering to her inner side? Now she's saying, you're so handsome. You're the best. You're the most manly. You're beyond words. The soft grass is our bed. Fragrant cedar branches are the beams of our house. And pleasant smelling firs are the rafters. The beams represent the arms. And he'll be speaking more about that later on. But the words are beyond praise. Listen, praise and respect him. Solomon has built her up and now she is praising him. He brought out the best in her. Listen to what C.S. Lewis said. I'm almost through. 
It's good to find a man you love. It's better to find a man who loves you. Don't forget that, singles. It's awesome to fall in love with a man, but it's even awesomer for a man or a woman to love you. Don't cut yourself short of the best that God can have for you. Amen? There's a treasure inside of that person. And I'll share this last scripture with you in Song of Solomon 2, 1 through 3. Listen, now listen to the change. Do you see she started praising him? Now listen to the change. Listen to what she says about herself. Listen, study, study this, study this. Listen how she starts talking about her own self. I am the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. Like a lily among thorns. Oh yeah, I know Solomon's got 700 women, but they're thorns. I'm the lily. So is my love among the daughters. Like an apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down in his shade with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Now let me, listen, let me tell you something. She feels like she's the only one. Jake, I, and Brandon, we went to a U2 concert last year. And in this concert, you've probably seen them in concerts. In this concert, Bono got to the end of the stage and pulled a woman out of 75,000 people on the stage with him. And he started singing to her. He got on his knee and he started singing to her. And that girl, I mean, she was going hysteric up there. Because out of 75,000 people, she was the one chose and we were talking, she'll never forget that. We saw a concert on TV of Train, and he brought this woman up on stage, and he sang a whole song in her ear. The woman was crazy. She'll never forget that in her life. Let me ask you, what have you done to make your wife not ever forget? What time have you taken to sing in her ear or tell her things that she... She doesn't have to hear from others because I want to show you something here. She said, I sat down in his shade. Write this down. The word shade means covering and it means protection. Men, we're called to be protectors of our wife. As long as we are the covering and the shade of our wife, she won't need the fruit from any other tree. The word fruit means provision. We're called to be the protector and we're called to be the provider for them. And she says, you are my covering. You are my safe place. Come and I will sit and I will receive from my love. Listen to this. At the beginning of this same chapter, she was talking about being burnt by the sun because she had no shade. She felt embarrassed and insecure because she had never had any covering and any shade. And now she's a married woman and she says, thank God, I've got the man of my dreams because he is covering where my brothers and my daddy and my mother did not cover me. Therefore, I feel protected at last. So many men wonder, why do our wives want to leave us for vacations? And why do they want to go in town and have a girls' night every week without us? And why doesn't my wife want to be more with me? Why doesn't my husband want to be more with me? Why is he always trying to find every way to get away from me? Because you still are looking for that covering that he or she's not providing. You are my covering. You are my protector. You are my provision. You are my home. Cindy gave me a Valentine's card last the week before last. 
And she didn't know I was going to preach this. And this is what the inside said. Don't worry, babe. I don't put everything. <laughs> and this is my message. As she gave me, as long as I have you by my side, I'm home. In all the ways that matter most, you are my home, sweet home. That's what Solomon was trying to say. And that's what she was saying once she got healed of her insecurities. She said, or she said to George, George, you're my home, sweet home. Tyson, she says to you, not, I'm not saying, she says to you, you're my home, sweet home. Your branches are the guns that hold me tight. Your hard work is the provision that I need. You are my home, sweet home. Sweetheart, I don't need everything that other people say they need. I need to look into your eyes and know you're my wife. You love me. You care. You cover me. You protect me. Amen. You need to make them feel like they are it. So let me just give you a little homework here. Study them. Ask them. What do I need to tell you more? For example, ask them, do I need to tell you I love you more? Don't take it for granted that you are. Ask them, do I tell you that I love you enough? Do I tell you that you're pretty or that you're handsome enough? Do I tell you that enough? Do I, do I need to kiss you more on the mouth? Do I need to put my teeth in, glue them tight and kiss you more? Do I need to lay between your breasts more? I mean, ask them. Ask them, what do I need to do more to make you feel loved, to make you feel secure, to make you happy? How can I be your home away from home? Amen? A few amens on there. But I need to be her shade. Let me end with this. Brother Donald and Sister Beth aren't here today. Are, are y'all here sitting somewhere else? Brother Donald and Sister Beth, elderly couple that sit back there, uh, usually they're not here today. He told me last Sunday, he grabbed me. He says, do you know I take Beth at night? When, we're, when we go to bed, I grab a hold of her. Well, he didn't say I grab a hold of her. But he says, I kiss her seven times, the number of perfection, every night before we go to sleep. We kiss seven times every night, the number of perfection. If one would go during the night, they've had their perfect, perfect kiss before they went to sleep. Ask your mate, how can I please you more? I know my wife is going to tell me for you not to preach that way ever again. <laughs> how can I make you feel like you stand out of a crowd of 75,000 people? How can I make you feel that you stand out higher than your sister? How can I make you feel like you stand out higher than your dad? How can I make you stand out more than the comparison you had growing up as a little girl because you weren't as good or talented or beautiful as your sister? You weren't as athletic as your brother. How can I tell you and how can I become the fruit that serves you and helps you in the time and the places that you need? She sat under his shade and received the comfort of his words. Do you know what that means? His words drove her crazy. Because she had given him her heart. So many people say, we just don't have that fire anymore. Well, I'm telling you some ways how to get it back. A marriage on fire 
the house will not be desperate. The house will be passionate. That's what God wants to build today. If I offended anybody here today, you will forgive me? If not, your prayers will not be heard. If you have ought against me, forgive me. Honey, forgive me. But church, listen, you know why? My, my wife has got, is working on her master. She works so hard for her degrees in Christian therapy. I, I, counseling. I, I got my master's. I study. I put 16, 18 hours. Jake helps me carry. I got four bags of books and study material. I study all the time. She studies. Counseling, working, phone calls. I was with a lady who lost her dad last night after I had a wedding yesterday. I got another wedding this week. All these different things we study. You want to know why? You know why I preach this way? Because your mom and dad didn't tell you this. And because your mom and dad probably had a divorce and you were raised in a divorced family, you don't see anything wrong about your children living in a divorced home. Because you made it, they can make it. But I want to tell you, and I want to teach you, and I want to help you with what your mom or your dad might not have told you. Most of y'all are telling me I'm old enough to be your dad, so I'm getting you back. But I want to tell you out of the Word of God that you can study your bride and your man, and you can bring out the best in them. And have the marriage you so desired and God desired for you to have. Amen. Let's stand on our feet. Please. We want to finish with this chorus. Look into my eyes. No. Let's bow our heads and let me pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these precious people. I praise you for your precious children. And I pray for every marriage and home. I pray for those who are dating and are in relationship. I pray that first and most of all, I pray for their walk with you. If their walk is with you, then your love and your peace and your strength and all that you are will be manifested through them and to them. I ask you to encourage those who are going through a rough time in their marriage. I pray for the brokenness of the home. I pray against the spirit of defeat and despair and discouragement. I pray that we will be prisoners of hope, that whatever is lacking, that you will cause it to be fulfilled. I pray for fresh love in the marriages. I pray for the relationships to grow stronger and stronger to where the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I bless every home, Father, in Jesus' name. I bless every marriage. And I thank you that our children will marry understanding men and women and to walk with you. Lord, give those who are dating wisdom and give them discernment whether that person is the chosen one for you. I pray, Father, that they will treat them as the chosen one in Jesus' name. The reason I said that I had counseling this week and I looked at this person and... And there was, there, there's a situation there. And I told her, I said, if God had picked that boy for you and you're going through a divorce, you're telling God that what he picked for you is not good enough. You pray that God handpicks the mate of your child. And you pray that you accept that God knows what I need and God gave me you. God knows that my mom and dad wondered about my wife because she was from the city and I was going to be a missionary in the jungles. And they told me, son, she doesn't look like missionary material. 
All of our people told me she didn't look like missionary material. But y'all may not know this. I had made a vow to God when I was 14 years old and God called me to be a missionary. I made this vow to God. I said, God, I'll be a missionary. But she's going to have to have all her teeth and she's going to have to be pretty because I had seen other missionaries back in the 70s that that they didn't look like what I wanted. So I said, God, if you give me a beautiful woman, I'll serve you in the mission field. That's my deal with you. And he brought me a beautiful woman. And I tell you what, the grace of God changed her that when we were in the jungles, she could walk in mud past her ankles and tigers and snakes and scorpions. And she, had a, she washed on a washboard and cooked on a wood fire. She had to do it. God gave her the grace to do it. And when other people said, she ain't going to make it. I didn't want to marry a mule. I wanted a Tennessee walking horse. God, I have picked that one for you if you wait for him and trust him. And that person will fulfill your life forever. Don't ever cut yourself short. Trust in God. The most important thing in life, if you're going to walk with God, you're going to have to have God in your life. You're going to have to have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you've never accepted him as Lord and Savior, I want to give you this opportunity right now not to be ashamed of him, but to have the privilege to accept him as Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus, right now would you raise your hand and say, pray for me. I need salvation. I need forgiveness of my sins. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? I need forgiveness of my sins. Anyone here at all? I need Jesus to save me. There's, there, there's a hand right here. God bless you. Would you come and let me pray with you? Y'all can come together. Come together. Anyone else today, you need Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Anyone else? Come and receive Him. Come and receive Him. Come stand right here, honey. Come stand and receive Him. Anyone else at all, I need forgiveness of my sins. I desire to be rescued from hell so that I can live in eternity in heaven. Anyone at all? Come now. Come now. Come now. This is so special. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. All for Jesus. You want to rededicate your life? Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive me of all my sins, known and unknown. And I invite you, Jesus, into my heart to be my Lord and be my Savior. Jesus, thank you for loving me and saving me and rescuing me from the road I was on. And today forward, I will serve you and I will love you with all of my heart. 
thank you, Jesus, that all my wrong is washed away. And I'm saved. I'm free. And I'm delivered. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mama, give that baby a hug. Oh, God bless you. God bless you. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, give Jesus a praise. Desperate households. And sweet mom, just like she's saved today, we agree with you that all your children are coming into the kingdom. What you've been praying and believing God for. Your husband and your children are coming in. For you and your house, you will serve the Lord in Jesus' name. If you agree, clap and praise God. Hallelujah. Would you tell her she needs a counsel for the person? Pray for a person about suicide. Listen, we love you. How many are ready to go for a honeymoon? All you need is Song of Solomon chapter 1 and 2 and 1. And you got it made. Listen, we love you. Hug and neck. Don't forget tonight. Brother Jordar is going to be here ministering, going to do an awesome job. We're going to really receive something. We love you. We bless you. And we'll see you tonight, 6 o'clock. Father, right now we just pray, God, for every person in this place, Lord, as we go our separate ways, Lord. We thank you, Father, that, Lord, for every couple that they're going to be coming closer together in their union, Lord. And, God, we thank you for a bond, Lord, that no man can break, nothing can separate. But, Lord, as well, Lord, I lift up every single person, man and woman, God, that you would romance them in a way that they've never been before, Lord. That you have the perfect mate waiting for them and picked out for them. We thank you, Lord. I ask you to bless everyone today. In Jesus' name, amen.